Hello and welcome back to this week's podcast. We have another special guest. Today we have Hugh Ma. Now Hugh is one of European Tour's leading performance coaches. He's got a great reputation. He's widely regarded as one of the world's leading professional golf coaches. And his players have achieved numerous wins on both the US PGA Tour, European Tour and the Challenge Tour. He's worked with players such as Thorbjorn Olesen, Lucas Biergaard and Andrew Johnson, aka Beef just to name a few, and he's extremely passionate about his profession, but also growing the game of golf. And in today's podcast, he shares his thoughts really on, on coaching, the role that coaches have to play in golf. We talk about why coaching is essential if you wanna achieve your goals much faster, how to seek out the right golf coach, how to know if your golf coach is not helping you, and also how to use social media and online best to help you improve your game. Now, as you will listen to this, it's a very open and honest conversation about the state of coaching and really how you can best use coaching to further develop your game. And most importantly, not get lost in the weeds and lose confidence. So hope you enjoy this. If you don't already follow this podcast, make sure you hit the follow button. It really does help us grow and get more guests on to ultimately help your game and make sure you give Hugh Mart a follow as he's got some great content that could certainly help your game as well. So without further ado, please welcome Hugh Marr to the podcast. So Hugh Marr, welcome to the podcast. How are you? It's been a while. Uh, I'm, all, I'm all right. It's been a long time, hasn't it? You guys have, you guys have become big and famous and I'm, uh, I've, not, I've not been able to uh, sit in your coattails. Well, we just wanted to switch continent, hopefully for some good weather, but we haven't quite had the best of the winters uh, in San Diego. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a good choice for weather in the long term, I think. Um, yeah, you can come and give London a go. It's, yeah, uh, not, go. not quite as pleasant. <laughs> well, it's still pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so obviously the, the, there's loads of great stuff that we can talk about today, but we want to start actually with, um, we, so we play golf on Friday. And we play guy uh, golf with a guy called Steve, who is a, a, a producer here in Hollywood and done some real um, big shows that everyone would have heard of. But real clever guy. And he actually asked us the question, so does coaching actually help? <laughs> and I thought, that's a great question. And I, I think our, our, we, we thought we'd like to ask you this question. Does coaching actually help? Good coaching does. There we go. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's uh, there's as much bad coaching out there as there is good coaching. Um, but yeah, good coaching does. But yeah. it's it, it bothers me that, that, that there is this kind of kind of belief in the golfing world that you go for a golf lesson and come back worse, which doesn't mm -hmm. sit well with me. Yeah, and I think that's something that I will always say to a, to a golfer on the client, say, look, if you went to the doctors and the doctor says you're going to get worse for six months before you can get better. Now, unless it's a really bad terminal or a really bad illness, then, OK, certain things you can accept. But ultimately, you know, we're not trying to, you know, we shouldn't be looking to change golf swings in its entirety and making golfers worse to get better. I mean, ultimately, we want them. We, me and Andy always say we've got five minutes to get you hitting the ball really well, so you trust us, and then you it's you you're off from there. So, yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely get more into this as we go through this. But yeah, I yeah. think one, I think yeah. one thing that was interesting about Steve that he's just, he'd been scarred, I think, by coaching. You know, he'd, mm. he'd had some coaching mm. in the past and hadn't got better necessarily. So he's like, well. I've paid X amount of money, haven't seen the results. So therefore, I don't think coaching actually help. Is that, that helpful? But that was his experience. And I know there's listeners to this and there's other golfers out there who would have gone for lesson, lessons and ended up getting worse. 
And mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, something that the one thing that we'll always say before we start a lesson is that, um, and I always really say this, I always say there's three things I want you to get from this lesson. N- number one is clarity, understanding exactly what's going on. Number two is I actually want to see you get better in the lesson today. Mm-hmm. And then number three is I want you to be fully clear of what you've got to do when you go away from today. So like CIA, I call it, those three things. But I think there's so many golfers who go for a golf lesson and and end up with no clarity. They've been given a lot of instructions to do things and they go away and go, well, I've got these things to do, but a lot of the, let's say the the mind is unclear as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I to give you an idea, I had a local professional get in touch with me in the last three or four weeks. And his first words were, it's taken me a long time to pick up the phone because I've had so many crappy instruction experiences that every single lesson I've been for over the course of the last 10 years has made me worse. And this is a local professional. And it's it, it's not just the UK this is happening. It's happening all over the world. And, and I, I still am I'm trying, I'm trying to find that balance point that we've got. So much in terms of information, sports science, data, we understand we're, or we know more about the game of golf than we ever have, but we're worse at coaching it. And and that for me has become a real passion project to get, okay, well, I need to find a way to make coaches better at coaching the game of golf. Mm. And you use, I mean, it's use the analogy of, uh, of the medical profession. I refer to that an awful lot. I mean, a great deal of what we're doing in the industry, I would say, is unethical. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, let's, well, let's, 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 let's crack on with this, but I think just, just one thing again, and this is, this is going to be great for people listening to this because hopefully it's going to help them maybe change their beliefs on coaching and, and basically Mm -hmm. have to look for when it comes to coaching. But look, you spent many a year on the European tour working with some of the best players in the world and you, and you can sometimes be there week in, week out. And these are the best players. And I think this is often, you know, whenever we sort of, Often we'll hear from the amateur golfer, well, why do the best players need coaching? They're really good. But obviously they do. They still need the mm-hmm. help. They still mm-hmm. need the help. Why, why, how important and why do you believe it's so important that golfers seek out a good coach? Other than well, getting yeah obviously uh, i mean it, ultimately it's going to be driven by the golfer wanting to play better golf bring their handicap yeah. down hit less bad shots make less of a fool of themselves whatever the motivation is mm-hmm. but for me and i admit i'm heavily biased here but i suspect you guys will agree that for me golf coaches are the very center of the game of golf it's our job to grow and better the game and that means making our players better it means creating communities it means it, it means drawing people to the golf club or the golf course and it mean and, and it basically means selling the game of golf that's our job it's not just about making players better but that is clearly going to be a key part in it and i think we're the we're we're the most important stakeholders here those of us that are interacting with golfers on a day-to-day basis we are the most important people in the game of golf mm. i'm not sure if that answers your question necessarily appears but it's 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 we, we need to understand how important we are for the growth of the game. Yeah, for sure. And and, and ju- just just to the golfer then, for the golfer who's, you know, why is it important for a golfer to have lessons? As as I say, yes, of course, we know we want to get better, but why do you believe it's gonna ha- it's gonna benefit them if they get well, the right? Ultimate, a lot of it's boiling down to 
working with the right individual, but being able to to play golf injury free, that's good for them. <laughs> that's good for the game of golf. Being able to to play at a more competent level for so that they effectively have more enjoyment playing the game of golf. Because one of the things a friend of mine did a study on this a number of years ago now, there's something like over 70% of golfers stepped on the golf course and spent that time anxious. Now, we've clearly got a key role to play in that. Mm -hmm. 100%. The enjoyment of the game will keep people coming back. What makes it enjoyable? Playing a little bit more better, understanding the game more, maybe being a little bit healthier or moving a little bit healthier so you don't suffer from injuries. Let's face it, golf's a pretty bloody difficult game to like. <laughs> it's time-consuming. It's bloody difficult. It's expensive. It's still not as inclusive as we all think it should be. So it's a difficult. It's a really difficult game to fall in love with, and we're. I think we need to be doing more to encourage people to fall in love with our great game. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And, and one yeah. of the reasons I would say me and my, me and Pierce are probably similar in this in this bracket is that I think that the reason that we are coaches today. And, and love this game so much is because we had a coach. Would you say that you... 100%. H- how important was has coaching been in your life? And, and and was there a specific individual that was like, wow, this this person is really, you know, giving me a, a, a very different feeling, let's say, or just really, really helping me or influencing me in a positive way? There were, there were key, there were sort of key influences who I guess you'd call coaches, key influences, not all of them necessarily technical. So the guy I worked for in my first club, Charles Darney, was insanely supportive. He, he, did, he gave me shifts in the shop to help me pay for golf balls for gloves. He was always encouraging me. Um, and then I, I, I spent some time with a guy called um, David Perry, who, funnily enough, I bumped into before Christmas at a seminar I was, I was doing. And I hadn't seen David in probably... 18 years and he's he's aged a whole lot better than i have it should be said but um he was he was so good for giving me basic mechanics to build a golf game around and i was never a particularly gifted player i'm okay when i'm okay but i can be pretty crappy as well but i loved the process of getting better and i had someone there that was able to just relate on my wavelength so, I mean, they were two very, very key individuals, but also there's guys like Jim Christine, who you probably both know, Dennis Pugh. Uh, they've all taught me through the years. And again, it's it's basically the best coaches I've had are amongst the best people I know. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. fundamentally good human beings who are honestly motivated to help you get better. Yeah. I think I think it's it, I think they do, they do play a huge role, and I think of the people who will be listening to this podcast. Um, I'd be really interested to know the percentage of the people who listen to this podcast who actually have a you know a personal coach who who helps them with the mm-hmm. game, and how many of the the listeners would be, let's say, watching ten YouTube videos a week, trying lots of different things, and then going around in circles, going, I'm not really getting any better. Whereas if they can find the right coach, you know, they've, you know, everyone listening to this will have a goal, will have an aspiration. They'll want to be better at an <laughs> element of the game. And having a coach and a, somebody who can really guide them in the right direction 
is is only is only going to cut down the 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 time between where they are now and where the goal is. But mm-hmm. so many golfers are going around in circles, you know, trying lots of different things, not really getting any better, losing where they are, and then getting to a point of of despair where they go, I am totally in a mess now. I I think I need to go and see somebody. When when everything's gone, <laughs> when they've lost it all, when they They've lost where they were, and then they're going. Okay, I really need help now because I'm mm. in a complete mess. Um, well, of- you're. It's a pretty sad reflection on the state of our industry that people would prefer to go on YouTube and have a golf lesson. Mm. That bo- again, it, and, that bothers me. What What are those? So for you, then, what are those those reasons then? That, that people would prefer to do that. I, I think we're living in a generation ability. You know, I equation. think there's we're living in a generation now where we want everything immediately. That's mm-hmm. and that's only get, going to get worse. Yeah. Um, we're we're still. It's, it, it will always be this kind of game where people think there is that that magic pill that's going to help you. Um, if you go, well, I mean, use your doctor analogy, Piers. That if if you were to go to First golf lesson and get told, well, it's going to, this is how often I want to see you. You're going to get worse before you get better. You need to, a ton of shots. I'm like, whoa, this doesn't sound like a ton of fun. Um, <laughs> or you can go to YouTube. Yeah. And it's not going to go anywhere. And I, I think as an industry, we probably need to take a step back and say, right, YouTube is actually a great opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. Because if we do a good job, we can prove our worth over trying to short circuit the process in YouTube. Yeah. I think it's a huge challenge to the industry, but it's not going anywhere. Everything is available to anyone and uh, to everyone. And it, it's something that it struck me recently that for the first time ever, that everyone has got access to the same information. Mm-hmm. So if you, you if, if the three of us go back to, I don't know when you went through your PJ qualifying I suspect it was probably more recently than I did, but you you had access to exclusive information because it took effort, right? It took effort to watch the videos. It took effort to read the books. It took effort to read the magazines. So you had information that the golfers didn't necessarily ha- have. And because you've gone and researched that yourself, you understand that information. Now everyone's got access to the information, and no one understands it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because I think the way we look, we're lazy. The, the, the way the way to look at YouTube, especially for any golf pros out there, is it's it's a way of showing off your skill set. Mm. You know, and that's what we've done. That's all we've done with what. No we've question. Done. We've, we've done that. We've used YouTube as a platform to show off our skill set. Whether it's adapted now into more of us literally doing live lessons on YouTube, people turning up. But we've always had it in mind that we're doing this to show off our skill set and obviously share knowledge, of course, mm-hmm. that we want people to get better. We want to simplify things for golfers. But mm-hmm. ultimately, we know that the, if they want to get the best out of me and Andy, it's through either having a lesson in person or being a member of our website. So that's why we've done what we've done with, with YouTube. But but ultimately, when we first saw the opportunity X amount of years ago, there mm-hmm. was YouTube content out there and you're going, wow, this just isn't that clear. And, and, and if we've got a video that isn't clear, then it won't go up. Yeah, well, quite right. And I think that, that that you're in the luxurious position because you have physically coached golf for a living. 
you do still physically coach golf for a living and, and you understand that content and golf coaching are not the same thing. Absolutely. It, it's con and uh, you you now have a generation of content creators that have got bigger reputations in the industry than I do. Mm. And they yeah. ain't never made a golfer better. Mm-hmm. They keep producing good content. The click, I mean, I call it clickbait bullshit. They're very good at that. <laughs> but it's not the same thing. And so you, you, you've come from that generation where you physically, you've done the hard yards of standing and driving ranges in a miserable November evening, making players better. That's a golf coach. And if you can find a way to, which I think, I mean, not wishing to blow sun up, sunshine up your ass, I think you do a very good job of balancing the golf coaching versus the content creation. It's, a, it's content that I want to watch. Hi, guys. One question we get asked all the time is how can I get coaching from yourself and Pierce? Now, we do coach in person at the Grand here in San Diego, but for those who can't make it in person, we've built something that's just as good. We've created the Me and My Golf Academy. This is basically our online coaching academy where we've literally poured everything that we've learned from the best players and coaches in the world on not just about how to swing it great, but also what it takes to actually play great golf and get around the golf course in in as least shots as possible because that's really the aim. There's over 17 specific coaching plans where we actually guide you through simple lessons that we know get results. Some of the most popular ones are Total Driving, Break 90, Ultimate Irons, and Complete Chipping. And we really believe that these are the best online courses on the planet to help your game. Plus, we have an amazing member community over there with loads of other benefits and discounts on some amazing brands. So if you're fed up of having too many swing thoughts and you can't figure out why you're so inconsistent and seeing no improvement, then give this a go and you can see if it's for you. Our members are seeing some incredible results in as little as only one week and we'd love to see if we can help you out with your game. So if you want to find out more, click the link in the show notes or simply download the Me and My Golf app. Let's get back to the show. No, thank you. Thank you. Well, I know we're going to get into this. We are going to get into content on social media. But before we do get into that, just one quick question again on the on on anyone listening to this let's say that they're having coaching at the moment or they're looking to go and get some lessons what are the signals that they need to observe as to whether they've got a good coach or whether they've got a bad coach other than getting better because of course things can take time we do know that but what what would you say is the 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 signals for the good and for the bad i think the most number one thing is have they got a history of making players better And in an ideal world, that player, the players they've made better should be consistent with your age, ability, sex, whatever. Um, second thing, I think you've got to be, my alarm bell is the, and it's a bit of a pet hate of mine just now, is that as soon as someone says every, every good player does this, that's someone who doesn't understand the game of golf. Because there aren't that many truths in the game of golf. Uh, so I would be running a mile from them. Um, I, I have some ethical issues with with people posting lessons with paying customers. And I think I would probably tend to stay away from someone that did that repeatedly. But a good human being who knows how to make players better, who's who understands that their role in the relationship is to help you get better. For the good and the bad, just like a marriage, there's going to be some really good stuff and there's going to be some bad stuff. But I, I still believe the most, the, 
my experience supports this, the most important thing is that you're working with just a good human being that is honestly motivated to help you do better. Yeah. Has to be it has to be the, the purpose for that person, doesn't it? That has to yeah. be their purpose. And I, I really in, in the work I did on tour, I really struggled to coach players that I didn't particularly like or respect. And that's not to say I didn't, but without fail, they were probably the least successful relationships I had. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think for let's say somebody who's fairly new to the game as well, Hugh. They they go for a lesson, and and they, you know, they go for a lesson with somebody, and they don't necessarily know how good the coach is. Mm-hmm. They get to a lesson, and they they they're putting full one hundred percent trust. This guy is a PGA professional; he knows what he's doing. And I think what a lot of golfers do, they tend to like, well, if they're not getting better, then they're going to take it on themselves. They're not going to go. My coach doesn't know what he do, what he's talking about. He's going to yep. go, or she's going to go, God, I'm useless. I must be yep. really, really bad. So my confidence now has gone down so much that maybe this game isn't for me because I, I'm just not good enough for this game. So in the lesson, I think it's true to say that golfers should come away from a lesson feeling pretty good as opposed to well, fe- what, feeling pretty bad. I, I, could, I mean, at the end of the day, what happens when you – if you go to that golf lesson and you're told you need to hit tons of balls, you're told you're going to get worse before you get better, you're told everything that's wrong with what you're doing. It's not much of an inspiration, is there? No. <laughs> and and still to this point, I've never given a golf lesson where we can't find something that that player is good at. Mm-hmm. And making them aware of that is, is crucial for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's crucial for them to walk away feeling a bit of a buzz, but also as a coach, if they're good at something and you change that something, you have done a horrible job. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, sorry, Pierce. Yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, and I think it's so, it's so true. I think in, you know, when we are, let's say fixing golf swings or taking a look. And so I just think some of the lessons that we do, how often we'll just go, look, before we get into some of the things we're changing, we're just going to show you what you're doing really, really well at the moment mm. instead of just diving in straight at what they're doing wrong. Because again, as you just talked about there, like we want, like we're so conscious of having them feeling really good, but also showing them something that's great in them. Cause I think a lot of golfers will go, I'm, oh, I'm going to, I'll go for a lesson. God, they're probably going to take my swing apart. They're going to tell me all mm. these different things. Oh, I'm not looking forward to this. They're already having that sort of negative mm-hmm. mindset before they go for a lesson. So like you say, I think it's such an important part to be able to go, look, here's what you're doing really, really well. We love this. This is a great strength of yours. Now let's take a look at some of the areas to to improve. So, um, yeah, I think the feel the feeling aspect for the for the listener to this, they should be going away feeling, you know, pretty positive about things. Yeah, and I exactly right. And when, to go back to the question you asked, Piers, that if if someone's got a very swing swing buildery approach start at setup i personally believe start position is fundamental to to allowing good movement and good impact geometry but you you need i think a good coach is is, is someone that can make the smallest inter- intervention that gets the biggest bang for their buck Absolutely. so if i make this change how much how many changes do i get for free if i make this change mm-hmm. yeah that's a good coach but, mm-hmm. but for some reason we have got this there's there's almost a a kind of 
people quick tip coaching is almost looked down on now in golf. I'll be quite honest. I mean, you, you guys have spent enough time on tour. I think really good tour coaching is a is quick tip coaching built around a plan. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. There's no reason why quick tip coaching should be bad. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the the truth of the matter is that if you went through a really effective process of quick tip coaching with a player, you'd have a huge effect on that player's ability to move a golf club and hit a golf ball, but it would only feel like incremental changes all the time. Yeah, I think that's good coaching. Because that yeah, doesn't yeah. require the player to go away and spend six months getting worse, to spend three hours a day on the range and not see any improvement. I didn't. I never had that luxury on tour. Wednesday afternoon, I've got to get him hitting it better now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it yeah. doesn't need to be part of some sexy long-term plan. That's mm-hmm. just nonsense. That I well, I think that's a, a, some fairly ego-driven nonsense that golf coaches have come up with now. I think, I think you're right. I mean, when you look at so whether it's working with Aaron at an event, you know, you can get a you can get a phone call. We could get a phone call from Aaron on a Thursday night saying, right, did this today, didn't work. What do I do tomorrow? You know, you're not going to go into in-depth there watching him hit shots. You've got to say something. You have got to say something to be able to, to get that person to to hundred percent. You can't turn you, yeah, you can't turn around and say, Well, we'll leave it till Sunday, mate. Let's uh, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> exactly, let's get together exactly. Monday morning and sort it out. Yeah, exactly. But then you get, but then you get even some of the events that we'll do for Audi and Odomar Piguet. You know, you can go, you can be looking at a hundred golfers in a three-day stint, which is literally it could be five minutes with them on the range. You've got to give them something then, if you feel you can help them, that can actually help. So you've got you've got a five-minute coaching session. So it has to be a quick tip. But often that tip is, it could even just be a concept which just totally changes their way that they think about the game, about playing a certain style of shot. And that can then just grow into something else. Again, one of the things we were just talking to James Seekman about, about was him leaving somebody on the chipping green for five minutes whilst he goes and gets a glass of water, chipping nine irons over a bunker and 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 learn what to do and see what actually happens as a result of doing that. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, what, what does that mean then for that golfer as you spread out in into the future? And I think, you know, just 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 it's I often talk to Aaron about this and how a golfer can often sometimes be like um, an iceberg or a rudderless boat that just needs a little nudge in a certain direction every now and then. And if you can give them that nudge in that direction, they're going in the direction they want to go. There might need to be something at the, when they go past that destination, maybe it's a nudge mm-hmm. them back again, but ultimately you don't have to break things down and start again because we've learned everything we've learned. And if you can just mm-hmm. tweak it a bit, like you say, one thing which gives you the maximum amount of effect. It's always going to be the best one. And and for me, that I call it painless gains. How can I get the biggest bang for the least buck? And those painless gains, as you point out, it's quite often just a case of shifting that player's concept. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. quite often just a case of asking one really simple question that, as you say, it nudges them back on track. And I suppose if we could really get into this and say, well, where did the bad concepts come from in the first place? But let's leave that alone because <laughs> that's probably come from us a lot at some point. <laughs> that's, that's well, I'm, and I know we've all been guilty of it somewhere, but that's a series of podcasts. That's not just one. <laughs> Absolutely. Unfortunately, it came from us. It came yes. from golf coaches. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, let's get into let's let's get into some social media because, as you mentioned, he was not going away anywhere, Mm-mm. and the listeners to this will be watching it, consuming it like mm-hmm. daily. Um. 
let's talk about in sort of general really where do you see um what are the negatives that you're seeing at the moment let's say when 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 you when you look at the social media what what are you what are the negatives in and and how how can that impact golfers in a negative way the broad the negatives basically an awful lot of generic content do this like i've just touched on all good players do this so you must do this um, it, I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced it, but it can become quite a toxic environment there. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for coaches to wave, to run around saying, I know more about this than you do. Um, I get that it's a sales tool for the majority, I mean, myself included. I get that it's a sales tool. Um, but as soon as it's up there, it's there forever. And do we know that that information has done enough to help someone? So Dennis Pugh gave me some advice years ago when I was writing, back in the days I wrote magazine articles, remember them? Um, and he said, said, every article you write, the first thing you're going to ask is you're going to do as little damage to as few people as possible. Go write it. Yeah. And I yeah. still think that's our job. But it's, from a social media perspective, I think the same applies. It, 100%. I think the yeah. same applies. And you, you have you such... Go on. No, 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 you're right. Carry on. Go crack on. It's all good. You have such... I mean, uh, how many followers have you guys got in, in across all your channels? A couple of million, probably. Something like that. Okay. So you're speaking to a vast percentage of the golfing world. A vast percentage. Hmm. So, and I know we uh, we don't need to have this conversation, but that is a huge responsibility in your shoulders Absolutely. because people listen to what comes out your mouth. Mm-hmm. What Piers and Andy say, two million people believe in it. And if that stuff ain't good, the game suffers. Here's a question. How do people decipher what they should listen to and what they shouldn't listen to? Because I know social media, it is a great tool if you use it in the right way. How do, how, do, how do people, how do the listeners go, well, that's something I should take on board and that isn't something that I shouldn't even entertain. We as golf coaches intuitively know when we look at content and go, we know what's going to potentially harm people and, and hurt people because we've been in the industry and we understand the golf swing and things you're, like that. How can you're, the, being, the listeners... you're being too kind to the industry there, Andy. <laughs> the vast the vast majority of people who produce this content clearly don't know how damaging it could be otherwise they wouldn't produce the content yeah but again i think this creates an opportunity for coaches because if you're to view youtube as if it's, it's effectively a learning library for anything that if you can educate your your golfers to be able to use youtube effectively that might actually help you become a better golf coach yeah that i don't mind you say say you and I, Andy. Andy, I've got no issue with you going on uh, on YouTube or social media, but we're looking for things relating to what you do. Yeah, we're not. Don't come back with some completely irrelevant piece of nonsense. Let's mm-hmm. just come back with stuff that is specific to your characteristics as a golfer. That's how you can get the best out of it. But to do that, you've got to have someone knowledgeable say, "Well, actually, these are the characteristics we need, or the components that we need to improve in your golf swing." Yeah. Yeah. Pierce, I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of some lessons um that we've had who we've said, right, here's what we want you to work on. This is all we want you to work on for the next three weeks. 
it's very simple. We're just going to work at creating a little bit more hip turn in the, on the backswing. And then they come back and they go, okay, how's things, you know, what, what's your focus? And they're like, yeah, I've been just trying to work on, you know, um, creating a little bit more um, extension in the trail wrist and the downswing or, 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 or this, this, and this. And they've completely gone off because they've watched a few videos and gone here and there and they've gone off plan. And it's just, it's, it's so easily done, isn't it? That they, they see one thing and go, oh, let's try this. And then, and then me and Pierce often have conversations and go, they've completely not done, they've yeah. gone tangent into something else, really. But that's where we have to take responsibility for the advice we give if we're expecting them to do the same. Absolutely, yeah. If, 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 we're, gonna, if we're gonna give them a bollocking for not following our advice, we've got to make sure that we're doing the right thing as well. Yeah, 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 that's very true. So, so how can the viewers use it better? What, what, what's your thoughts on, on what they can do? Well, number one, don't look for, I think volume of followers is probably not a guaranteed um, sign of excellence. Don't get me wrong, there's some phenomenal stuff out there and I, I don't want this to be interpreted as me being social media bashy. I'm not. But the, and there are some exceptional practitioners out there and some guys that are frankly rubbish. Um, but finding ones that they can base it a little bit on fact, finding ones that don't throw absolutes out, finding ones that they are posting for specific swing characteristics or movements. But for me, a big thing is, certainly in my own coaching, I want to build every single thing I do around some facts. Yeah. I don't want to go, uh, well, we're going to work on P2 today because it's not where Tiger Woods has it. No. no. It's got to be built around facts, and those facts are, if, if we cannot shift the impact characteristic in five shots, I don't think we've given the right piece of advice. Yeah. It has to change. And, yeah, And it has to change immediately. Yeah. has to change. Now, that's not to say that that change is theirs, that it's going to stick forever. But if your advice doesn't fundamentally shift the impact data towards something more appropriate within, as I said, three balls or five balls, it's not the right piece of advice. Yeah. It I might think take a long it... time for, to, to own it, but you can change impact immediately. I suppose the question, if anyone listening to that as well, is because the, the good thing with coaching and the bad thing with the online world is the feedback. Mm -hmm. So obviously, if you're if you're saying if you're you're saying to somebody, right, we're going to change that right hand, we're going to change that that right foot position, and we're going to work at your we're going to work at your pivot on the way back. Mm -hmm. You'll know within five shots whether you've got what you want, because and but that golfer in front of you knows that you've got their back because you are the feedback you are the mm -hmm. feedback mechanism when somebody is online and they're being told mm -hmm. to do that, it might be the right thing they haven't necessarily got that feedback mechanism so i suppose one thing that i will always say to a golfer who's maybe watching this online and saying well look you need to because we will say the same thing if it doesn't work relatively quickly then you need to be looking at something else but you also need to understand, are you actually doing what you think you are doing? Because as we know, feel and real are often different. And oftentimes, if we want someone to rotate their pelvis more in the backswing, well, you probably are rotating it five degrees more, but maybe you should be feeling that you're rotating it 40 degrees more to in mm -hmm. fact rotate 10 degrees more. So, so I'm, I'm just saying, so from our point of view, we'll always talk about exaggerating because that's what helps create 
the extra feedback, I suppose. But is there anything? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm again. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule you can apply. For me, I'm very nervous of exaggerating because what happens if they exaggerate it to the point where that that becomes their new move? Yes, of course. Um, you have to say that that's their new move. Yeah. So all they do is they come back the equal and opposite bad golfer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. For me, I, if people are going to commit time to getting better, then they need to have an effective feedback loop that they can monitor themselves. And I completely agree. That's one of the downsides of online coaching. Um, you will have some players that need to do need to exaggerate the feel to extreme levels to be able to get that slight shift. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that all of golfers are like that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, for me, I probably fall into your camp peers and that I need to feel that swing change times 10 to get any anywhere near where I want to. But there's a lot of players that they don't have that level of awareness. Some some players, particularly novice players, a huge change can have no odds on them. Mm. I think you tend you'll tend to see this characteristic as golfers become more established and they become more familiar and comfortable with their movement pattern and their if you like their style of play. But going to, in terms of online, I think I hated it initially because mm. I couldn't hear the ball. I couldn't see the ball. Yeah. A lot of the time it was crappy video quality into a net. So you, you only got three frames from top of backswing to impact. But I've actually started to look at it slightly differently now. I think it's the ultimate test of your principles. Mm. It's it, It's particularly if you're never going to see this person in the flesh. I love the fact that it takes out all opinion. Yeah. Love that. I love the fact that it's absolutely challenging or validating what I believe from a golf swing perspective. So I know that it's a, right. You're going to need to turn your trail foot out a fraction by 10 degrees and narrow your stance. And what you're going to get for free is this, 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 and this. And I can tell you whether you're going to get that just from the video, the next video you send me. Mm. The other thing is it challenges you to create just exactly the point you've made here. It challenges you to give them better feedback loops that they can access themselves. Because mm. you're not there to say that they've done a good job or not. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. it's a great opportunity for you. I, I think it actually, the, the guys that do a really good job of it, I guarantee they'd be better coaches in the flesh than they were pre-online coaching. Yeah. I think I think the one one thing that I always always look at as well is that we have to really understand what, you know, when we're talking about feedback, there's no better feedback than what the ball is doing. So let's actually just see what the ball is doing. And I think that's the whole, <laughs> one of the biggest things, and I, I, I may as well talk about this now actually, is that obviously number one, let the ball tell you what you're doing. If you're working at closing the face more in whatever principle, whether it be anything from setup through to impact, mm -hmm. and the ball is still curving to the right, and you're right-handed golf, and you're trying to close the face more, well, guess what? You need to figure out what was causing the face to open at the most point in your swing or setup, and then go in on that a little bit deeper. But then I think the one thing that we we often will find, and Andy alluded to this a little bit as well, we've got our private members group where our people send us videos of their golf swing, and they'll say. What, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> and we'll go, 
Okay, well, guess what? Uh, until you tell us what the ball is doing, we can't actually comment on this. It's just impossible. There's no point in doing it. it you know, we're not going to do anything by telling you what to change in your goal swing unless we know what the ball is doing. But then, furthermore, I still, but I, I think my biggest, probably my biggest problem with online golf tuition at the moment is that it's all very much about the golf swing. <laughs> and agree. We don't play golf swing. We play golf. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, Andy, you've spoken about this a lot. We've got content we've created in the past. We've got new content coming out this year, for example, that is very much going to be looking along the line of let's just help golfers play better golf. And I think the success of people like maybe David Ledbetter, Butch Harmon, you know, and by the way, we've not actually met, met Butch, but we've met David. We've got a decent relationship with David. He's a great guy. He's He's been obviously massive for us as golf coaches in bringing us to the fore when it comes to the effectiveness as a of a golf coach. But I think there's so many golf coaches past that have taken on the role of we've got to work at the swing, the swing, the swing, the swing. And that's what we're seeing online now. You know, there's so much content on there from so many different golf coaches who are good golf coaches who are talking about the golf swing. <laughs> Some of them aren't so good, obviously, from the smiley face. And we agree on that. We know that. But then you look so, at it and go, let's, let's play the game better. Yeah. That's, I mean, you, you mentioned something. We have one job. To make golfers better. Mm. Now, that looks different. For every golfer some golfers want to have a lower handicap some just want to have better shots some just want their golf swing to look prettier yeah but it's our job to deliver on all of that and we, we talk about sort of the, the downsides the the selling sort of generic or absolutes to me is the most significant downside to golf instruction mm. um because in terms of in terms of truths in the golf swing we could sit, we could literally stand here for sit here for hours and not come up with a truth. Impact is a truth. Yeah. Im impact is a binary equation. It's geometry and physics. It doesn't know who's at the other end of the golf club. It doesn't know the way this golf club has moved to land on the golf ball. It doesn't know how this golfer has set up to move to land it on the golf ball. And the irony of being in the world now where we can measure a moment of compression that's less than three milliseconds. Mm. We can measure that accurately and we're not even using that. Because <laughs> you, I mean, if I, I tell you, we've got zero swing direction, four degrees down, 95 miles an hour and a seven iron. You know that if he hits the middle, and the face is somewhere between the path and the target, you know that's going to produce a high draw that carries 175 yards. You can even tell how high it's going to do, how high it's going to fly. Yeah. There is no opinion there. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if, you, if you've seen the, uh, the Sunday night quizzes that I put out every week on Insta. Holy crap, guys. The, <laughs> it basically impact questions. Not complex impact questions. Some of them I'm trying to be a bit of an asshole and make them tricky <laughs> but the mm -hmm. amount of people who coach golf for a living who get these questions incorrect staggers me on a weekly basis yeah that's not a good sign is it no would you go to a doctor who doesn't know what good looks like yeah yeah would you go to a doctor that was potentially going to give you treatment that may or may not have an impact on how well you feel 
Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, the golf, the coach has always got the excuse, well, he wasn't good enough. I couldn't coach him. He's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't hit enough balls. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think the one thing online as well, I think golfers are really good at seeing their symptoms. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, golfers are really good at seeing their symptoms. So golfers are, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging back. I'm swinging over the top. Yeah. I've got an early release. And, and they immediately just go, okay, how do I fix that? So they go searching for fixes to the symptoms. And when anyone mm-hmm. comes to us for a golf lesson, as you mentioned, Hugh, we're looking for the one, the one change that has a domino effect on the rest of the golf swing or the one thing that's actually the root cause of everything else so we can get to work on that first. Yeah. I think so many golfers who are listening to this, who go online, understand the bigger things that are going on in their golf swing. They see them because they're obvious and they go, I'm just going to search and try and fix those because that's what I need to fix. And they bypass Mm. the first domino, which is the most important thing, which is the whole route. It might be something as simple as the grip, but they don't see cause versus effect. Exactly. So they're, they're searching for all the symptoms. And I think this is where us as the golf coach comes in and the amount of lessons that we do and, the golfer knows what they're doing wrong. Like, oh, I can't fix it. I've been doing this for ages. I know what I'm doing wrong. I can't fix it. And then we go, well, you need to do this one thing first that's going to allow you to now create the, the next series of, of, of motions, really. And I think something for the listeners to this to really bear in mind to not go and start searching for, I need to fix these symptoms. But that's I suppose that's the hard thing about online, isn't it? They go, how do they really get to that pinpoint and root cause. So let me ask you a question. How many coaches identify, how many people that coach golf for a living are effective at identifying cause rather than effect? I'd love to say a lot. Um, <laughs> so would I. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Because the truth of the matter is, as human beings, we're always going to be attracted to the most obvious element of any situation, right? So the guy that's chucking it all the way out here, over the top of it, swinging it way left, no attack angle, that, that's the most obvious thing. Well, you need to fix that before you can play golf. Well, how about the club face? How about the fact that that's probably driven by the way you hold it? But actually, how about the fact that your concept of what you're trying to do, you're basically, you're, you're doing what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your, co- yeah, your yeah, concept yeah. is so off that you can't, you've nailed your concept and it's still crap. Yeah. Yeah. Human beings aren't, I mean, I think that's one of the, the, the most single biggest differences between good and great coaches is the ability to identify true cause over effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the game. It's always the, it's always the game changer, I think, when somebody's been for a lesson from somebody else and then they come to, let's say, me or Pierce and, and when we see them, it's like, I've been working at this for six months. And we say, well, no wonder you're not better because this hasn't actually changed. But I just think, well, how can – I just know there's so many people out there, <laughs> so many of the listeners to this will be in exactly the same boat. They're working on all these different things. But there's just something so simple, that one thing that's just holding them back to in to sort of enable them to put this together, really. And I suppose that is the tricky thing when it comes to just consuming content. That you know, like I see, I see things that like, oh, here's how to fix your early extension. Um, and and 
like just but it's an early extension fix and you go okay it's it's things like that are so tough because you go well some good players early extend and manage it really really well Tyrrell Hatton early extends in every one of his golf shots but his golf ball doesn't know that his golf ball does not know that he's that he early extends are you, are you telling me Vijay Singh Tyrrell Phil Mickelson are doing it wrong mm-hmm. you're telling me that they're going to be better golfers if they don't early extend yeah Jack exactly. Nicholas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then, yeah, this, it's, it's yeah. one of maybe, maybe, maybe to answer the, one of the questions from earlier about the downsides of social media is that uh, technical trends now have an opportunity to reach a much, much wider base of people. So early extension would be a particularly sexy topic just now. Yeah. Lead wrist flexion, another one. But are you telling me that Ernie Els did it wrong? I mean, it's it, it's it, it's it's the inability to look through what's in front of you and think with a critical or with a critical eye. Go, well, that's just nonsense, isn't it? Yeah. But we can't expect golfers to have that. But coaches should have that. Mm. There's yeah, the opportunity. Here's the opp- here's the opportunity though as well, isn't it? And and, and me and Pierce will often talk about this. Is like. Whenever we're coming up with a piece of content creation or whatever it is, we'll often talk about what Dennis Pugh said to you. It's like we have to be so so careful that this doesn't mess anybody up. We have to be so careful. And it's always in the forefront of our mind that we're like, how can this not mess somebody up? Um, but ultimately, every every care as a content creator, as a golf coach as well, needs to be needs to be, how does this make somebody better? Not how does this get many get me the most amount of views possible. And I think what's going to happen over time is that the 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 general public are going to go, well, they're going to know. They're going to find out who can coach and who can't coach mm-hmm. because they're going to go, well, I've tried this so many times and 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 it just doesn't work. And the mm-hmm. responsibility for us and is as golf coaches and content creators is to go, well, we have to just be true to what we believe is going to help people. And let that Absolutely. shine through. And that's all we can really do, can't we? Is go, this is what we yeah. believe is going to work. It would be great to expose more people to our product, but the authenticity of what you believe has to come before everything else and go, I want to make golfers better. I think, and if if that's your reason for waking up every single morning, and I say it with a lot of the coaches that I mentor, just doing a really good job is still the best sales tool you will ever have. Yeah. You continue to make players better. You're not going to need to worry about how many views, likes, follows you get because it will happen. But please understand that your job is very simple. You have one job to make golfers better. Every single player that stands in front of you, you need to be able to have an impact on them now. Yeah. And you know what? It's interesting because we, we, you asked us the question about how many followers we have. We don't know. We don't look at those mm. numbers. We don't check those numbers. We don't. We're not. We're not. We're not. I mean, the first couple of years, of course, you'd wake up every day and go, "Oh my God, someone else has followed us," and it's amazing. How cool is this? Because it's obviously the new toy. But you, you really do understand that actually the reason we're doing this is to help golfers get better. It doesn't matter about your metrics. It's okay as well to repeat yourself, and you know sometimes you might go, and we've done this before. We've asked ourselves the question. Well, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Well, yeah, because you believe it and it's actually important to you as a coach. So it's actually okay 
to actually look at it and go, look, it's not a it's not a TV show where you can't you know, it's impossible to repeat. It's no, this is actually us understanding that this is really important. This element of the golf swing is really important. And we're more than happy to talk about it. And in fact, actually, the more you talk about it, the more that people will actually go, okay, this is they keep talking about this. So maybe I should be doing something about this. And if if you look at you probably have two dozen ways of communicating the same message. Of course. That's all you're doing. That's good yeah. coaching. Yeah, yeah. Because it might be the 24th way is the one where the penny drops and the player goes, oh, shit, yeah, I better do that. That's, that's it. It now makes sense. It's good yeah. coaching. Yeah. And I, I think it's just going to, 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 again, maybe some of the good things and the opportunities for, for golf pros out there. And, you know, just... I always remember hearing something once that, you know, if, if you wanted to do... If you wanted to do good education work online, it was passion and knowledge. And as long as you have those two things, they're going to stand you in good stead. Now, if you think about it, if a golf coach is, you know, can show loads of passion and show good knowledge, they're going to be okay in the space of. of, of I'd, I'd, I'd add a third strand to that and say the understanding. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That the one of the one of the downsides of social media is that there's an awful lot of knowledge out there, but the understanding of that knowledge isn't sufficient. <laughs> but I agree, hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, it is something that, and I'm sure you'll be talking about it with the people you're working with, you know, that, yeah. to, to, to find a way of embracing it, as you have as well, because, I mean, obviously some some of the content that you put out there now, I say some of it, you know, all of it is really good. You know, Thank it's, you. It's, you can see there's a shift in there. There's, there's, there's definitely a few of the coaches just recently as well I've seen who are really good coaches who put a, you know, they're, they're putting a bit more of an emphasis onto mm. it. Because it is, it is definitely still a really good way of showcasing and selling, you know, what you do. So absolutely, it is, and it's and, and used properly, it makes the game of golf better. Mm -hmm. Part of the golf experience now is the amount of time people spend on social media doing golfy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's part of the golf experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And there will there will be young golfers out there where Piers and Andy will be their favorite golfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrifying that, isn't it? <laughs> Crazy world, isn't it? That <laughs> I'd have thought that. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, Andy, should we go into the, should we go to the quick fire, Andy? Are you, are you... Uh, do you want to go into the one, one, one previous to that? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, so I suppose as as a as an amateur golfer, as an average golfer, let's say it's an eighteen handicap. They're looking to start their journey to just get better, to to lower that score, to lower that consistency, to get to a twelve index. What what steps should that person, if they listen to this podcast right now, what steps should they, that person be doing when it comes to finding that coach, and how do they need to be ready for themselves as the golfer? So it's very tempting to think as an 18 handicap that you're not very good at anything mm. and i've not met that many 18 handicappers that are just ordinary at everything there's always something they're quite good at yeah. now hopefully that quite good is not going to be tapping in from six inches hopefully it's <laughs> going to be something qu quite good that that will actually help them play the game to a better standard first goal find out what your strengths are because the last thing you should be doing is making changes that would affect your strengths 
effectively make your strengths weaknesses, number one. Number two, where can I make the biggest gains for the least effort? So for me, and this is generalizing, which I've already slagged off at great length so so far, but for generalizing, 18 handicappers, if if they, they always have scope to hold one more putt inside four feet, maybe even three feet, mm-hmm. there's one shot. They always have scope for hitting it in one more green in regulation. Mm-hmm. If they hit it in one more green in regulation, they're not going to be one shot better. They're going to be one and a half shots better at least. So there's two and a half shots. So now they're a 15-5 index. But I, I've always approached the game in a very kind of binary, well, if you can save a shot here, 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 and here, there you go, boom, you're a 12 index. Mm-hmm. Constantly looking for where is the easiest way to get that game. Where's the simplest way to get that game? And it will look different for the majority of golfers, but aren't that many 18 handicappers who are as good as tour level from inside six feet. Huge gains to be had there. Every green they hit is a shot and a half. And how many greens can you hit without changing? How many could you increase the greens and regulation per round without changing a golfer's technique? Yes. How far do you carry it? What's your miss bias? Done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. And even if... Yeah. Everything you said there alludes to things that may may not necessarily be do with a golf swing, which is which is great. And none of... Yeah, and none of that you'd be able to, to improve by looking... Or you'd, none of that you'd be able to even identify through looking at a video. Yeah, Trapman data can tell you or quad data can tell you because, well, you think you hit it 160 yards with a 7 iron, it actually carries 142. So let's just integrate some of those skills the next time you play. Yeah, yeah. I love the fact, the factual stuff. But I also think when I, when I just made a note of a few of those as well there, Hugh, and one thing that, that I just thought about there was if the, the listeners to this... um is 18 and they want to get to 12 it's actually not anywhere near as hard as they think either no i think i actually think that the golfers who who want to get to that they they think it would be a lot more complicated in order to get to that to get to that result and one of the things that we myself and pierce always say is look if we were to caddy for a golfer we'll save them five shots just by caddying for them just by helping them make the right decisions as you mentioned by understanding the you know the miss bias or put a bit you know club selection and things like that it's not as hard as you think and one of the things that i think just to stress as well is that we obviously want to encourage people to go and find and seek out a great coach but we also want to encourage people to go on the golf course with the coach and and get out there and and see them play not just go i need to go and fix my swing like go and have a look and, and and get a golf coach to watch how you play the game because I guarantee that is one of the fastest ways to to reduce your score as opposed to go, let's find out what's wrong with my swing first. You know, if you've never been for a lesson, then maybe the first lesson you have is even going on the course with somebody. It'd be a perfect way to to do some kind of semi-objective analysis, wouldn't it? It would. I did it, I, I did it last summer. I got invited to uh, one of the nice, nice clubs north of Toronto to do a, a couple of days of clinics with the members. And the director of instruction said what do you think about a title? I said, well, how about we just see if we can get these players to hit, hit it fewer times without changing anything? 
to basically make it more practice, make it more practice and feedback orientated. So I had eight eight golfers across two days. Lowest handicap was about a four. Highest handicap was low twenties. And I think the, the the rules that we put in place was they they all went through a, a basic putting compass. Um, they all were told on the golf course, aim for your shot shape. And they all had a shot shape, despite them thinking they didn't. <laughs> know how far you carry it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> know how far they carry it. Play for shot shapes. Understand how to adjust for temperature, wind, elevation. Play with your bias. Whenever the ball is off the green and fairway, putt it. <laughs> and none of them made a double bogey in nine holes. Yeah, interesting. No one lost a golf ball. Wow. Now, the hardest thing for me to have to deal with as a coach was that conversation that I had to have with every single one of them who hit it 20 yards shorter than they thought they did. Yeah, of course. That's the hardest conversation I've had to have. That's it. Yeah. I think the listeners to You're this... You're absolutely right. It doesn't need the to be hard. The listeners to this should actually just record and write down exactly what you've just said because they've just saved five shots around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll invoice all of them by the shot. <laughs> but there's the opportunity, though, isn't it? Again, Hugh, you know, there's the opportunity to get golfers better and and stand out, you know, as opposed to just like and just think it's about the golf swing. It really is, you know, for the listeners to this, go and get a golf lesson and go get on the golf course and just with a good coach and 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 yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see so many opportunities out there. But it's just not sexy enough on Instagram. I know. No. no. I know. But it's not. But it also doesn't work in person coaching either because I just don't. No, believe I agree with you. Coaches are willing to do that, and we we were guilty of that. We were, you know, we were at Three Hammers um, driving range. We had an eighteen hole par three course, and we would get them oh. out if we could, which is great. But we still couldn't show them how to hit full iron shots, full drives, yep. and like that's why we ultimately left because it, it was just wrong. And and you, you're looking at your diary. You look at your diary, and if any golf coaches listening to this now have got a full diary, and they've and they're booked up six weeks in advance, and they're only ever on a driving range mat, please don't think you're doing a good job, because in my mind you're not. Because you unless unless they're all the bracket of, and you mentioned it earlier, golfers who want to swing it better and hit it well, fine. If that's all their drive is, but if if anyone's got a score bias in how they want to get better. If someone comes up to you and I get to 18 to 12 handicap in the next six months, um, what do I need to do? And if you say to them, you're going to stand on this mat for one less than a month for the next six months and hit shots on this on this mat, it's not going to do it. Unless yep. you have those conversations that we've just had there, which can still yep. work. Yeah, absolutely. Work. The conversation you just had, if you just had that with somebody, they might just go, I'll try that next time. That's still great coaching. But ultimately, the best coaching for me is you have to see them play golf. It's, it's one of these... We are, I can't think of any other sport where we train and compete in fundamentally different environments. Mm -hmm. Yep. In I, fundamentally I, different ways. I always remember, and you've, we've all been there, we've been on the seminars and, you know, we did a, um, I think it was a, a train brain with uh, Jamie Edwards and Carl mm -hmm. Morris. And I think it was Jamie was saying, he says they'd done work, some work just recently with Steve Backley. Those who mm -hmm. can't remember, Steve Backley, Olympic level sort of um, javelin thrower. And he says, I can't believe how you coach golf. 
Mm. It's so wrong because you don't compete on the driving range and yet all your training's done there. I, I just don't get it. What, 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 how, how do you do that? <laughs> Funnily enough, I had I had a conversation. I can't. I, I don't know how it came about, but I had a conversation with Steve Backley about it years ago, and he gave the the analogy that he said, "Well, if you're an Olympic javelin thrower and you throw at 110 meters every single day in practice, and you come to competition and you can't clear 100 meters, you're not mm -hmm. going to get a technical fix for that. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. clearly some software issues. That's nothing to do with your ability to throw a javelin." Yeah. And you're absolutely, absolutely right. But it's the, the way facilities are set up doesn't encourage that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it is very easy to, human beings by definition are lazy. Yeah. We want the point of least resistance. It's the safest yeah. way to live lives. Well, booking and actually, that hour lesson yeah. is a lot easier, isn't it, than, than booking yeah. a two-hour <laughs> I had a, an interesting one with one of my mentoring groups last week where we discussed on course coaching and this, this is an Irish coach who's an exceptionally good golf coach. And he'd taken a guy out in course in preparation for one of the, I think the Irish amateur or one of the big, I think the Irish, maybe the Irish stroke plays coming up and he'd gone down and he'd, he'd, he'd visited the course with a player and he felt guilty about charging him because he didn't feel that he gave him enough explicit advice. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? And I, that, I mean, it's, it's a horrible scenario, but that's someone who's just been properly, honestly motivated and just said he's uncomfortable with charging for what he perceived to be not enough advice. So it is on us. It's interesting, isn't it? And this this won't ever happen, obviously, because it's the amateur game. But imagine if he was on a performance bonus or a performance enhancement. And if that's what coaches, if you got paid as a coach of amateur golfers by performance you take them to the golf course every flipping day. <laughs> every single day. I so, don't know if you saw my post last week where I post about, I like, uh, one of my things is I, I like sort of challenging the existing paradigm. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd had a, I think I'd ran a camp a couple of weeks earlier. And the question kept coming back, well, what happens if someone doesn't practice? What happens if a player doesn't practice? So, well, why not? Ask yourself before you start the lesson, what advice would I give him if I know he's not going to practice? Mm. You need yeah. to, we need to take a, a different yeah. view on that. Yeah. And that's again, same thing. If he's not going to practice, well, you, driving range is utterly useless. Mm. And as much as we think we've got these wonderful, charismatic characters and we're insanely good at engaging people, we're never going to change people that don't practice. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to know that prescription before you've actually given 100%. 100%, because as we just identified, one more green, one and a half shots, one four-footer, two and a half shots. Do that yeah. per nine, five shots. Yeah. Yeah. And he it's hasn't had to get, had, had, they haven't had to get worse to get better. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right, a five iron instead of a seven iron, though. They won't like that. Their mates will be taking the piss out of them. Oh, that. God. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's let's get into some quick fire then, Hugh, if we can. This, we're, we're All some... right, I'm not I'm not sure I'm sharp enough for quick fire. Go for it. You you, you are you definitely are. There's there's some good ones in here. I'm always intrigued to uh, to hear what people say. Okay, best piece of golf advice that you've had. Jim Flick gave me a 35 second lesson. Mm. 
years ago. Typical in the lineup, and uh, watched me at probably five shots, and then says, "You know, use the bounce in the bunker, son." I went, "Yeah, pretty good at that." He goes, "Just do that here." Walked off, wow. and still to this day use it. <laughs> Brilliant. I didn't unfortunately get the same amount of majors as uh, as Nicholas, but I was one <laughs> step closer. What's the worst golf advice that you hear? Wow. I think we've, we've talked about it a lot. You've got to get worse to get better. Okay, great. Not a great, not a great advert for your services, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Sales prevention pitch, that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what would you change about golf? Nothing. I think golf's in a really, really cool spot just now. Um, I think we have to be I'm I like challenging everything. I'm not a believer in rules. I'm I've historically struggled with rules, particularly rules that don't make sense. I've been quite good at breaking rules. But there is an awful lot about the tradition of our game that we should make an effort, we should endeavor to embrace. But anything that any of these traditions that stop us moving forwards we get rid of. So that would be it. But it's a great game. We all love it. Definitely a great place at the moment, which is, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, feels, it feels good. Yeah. Uh, what is the best thing about golf? I think that the fact that you can, you can consume it in so many different ways now and you can consume it in your terms. That if it's just a nine-hole thing for you, great. If top golf's your thing, great. If practice is your thing, great. It's uh, we've we've gotten away from this this mentality where this is what golfers do. Golfers are members mm -hmm. of clubs; they have handicaps. Now, forget that. Yeah. Let's consume it in a million different ways. Yeah, love that. Mm -hmm. And the final question is: What are three golf truths? Well, you can pick any impact characteristic. There you go. And the lowest score, and and lowest score always wins. Yeah, uh, brilliant, like brilliant. Like it. Hugh, thank you so much. I think um, this has been a. No, I love that. This has been a good podcast. I think you know this has been a very open and honest podcast about, let's say, you know, golf coaching and online, and ultimately, all three of us here are very passionate about. We care a lot, and and you know, hopefully for the listeners, they'll. They'll, they'll hear the care in our voice because we care so much about actually the consumer side of it. And if there's any, you know, if we're having a heated discussion about, let's say, bad coaching, it's because we care so much about the the golfers that we're impacting across the world. And even especially online, as you mentioned, we all have a real big responsibility of whatever we say, people are going to listen to. So um, all three of us here care so much about actually making golfers better. So and hopefully you guys listening to this have got a um, lots of little things in there that you can just think about a little bit differently about your game, about seeking out a coach, about thinking differently about ways to get better. So uh, thank you for you know giving up your time, Hugh, and just sharing your knowledge and extensive experience that you've built up over years because we know how valuable that is, really. Um, well, thank you. It's I love talking golf with anyone, particularly if we can get into some decent debates over topics but it's 
I think the game is in safe hands. The fact that there are guys like yourself who've got such a huge reach. You've, you, between you, you've got more reach than pretty much everyone in world golf, including organizations. And the fact that you're acutely aware of how impactful that can be, both for the good and the bad of the game, is the game's in good place. I'm happy. Good, good. And where can, where can people find out a little bit more about you, follow you? Where's the best place? Uh, humor coaching on insta and humor.com for for all my uh, my my coaching services and coach education services i think we'll make sure we put those in the in the description and make sure you Fantastic. check out. really interesting wasn't it because we said that podcast we might be going for around about half an hour <laughs> we totally blew that out of the water and just really good speaking to hugh obviously he's got as you said he's got a lot of passion for the game and he, he sees some opportunities which are good that, that need to be looked at, whether it be from a coaching point of view, but also from a golfer point of view. And I think some of the simple things that he was mentioning there about how to manage your game and and, and understand what makes you work. I think there's, there's it'll hopefully raise some great questions with people listening to this podcast. Yeah. And I look, Hugh wants to educate golf coaches better so they can help mm. golfers better. But there's also an education, again, you know, where we come into the golfers. Well, what should they do in order to get better? And how should they cons- consume content? And what are the, thing, the things mm-hmm. that they should bear in mind when seeking out a golf coach and things like that? So hopefully, um, you know, we did a good job of sort of conveying those points there. And they did, I looked at the clock and it was like, wow, we've gone on for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't even realize, to be honest. But, um, but no. yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I think so many lessons, again, as usual, Slightly different topic, but as always, bringing it back to the golfer. How do we get golfers better? And certainly some lessons for people to to take away in that as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, remember to look, if you don't follow this podcast, make sure you, you follow. It really does help this podcast grow and it allows us to get some great guests on. So make sure you do that. Uh, and if uh, if you want to get better at golf, then make sure you check out me and mygolf.com or download the app. The links are down in the description. This is where we've got our our best content, really. You know, we talk about a lot about technique and the things that we've talked about within this podcast today about on-course stuff and and actually getting better on the golf course. We've got loads of different plans to help you in all those areas. And we've got one coming soon, which is a a complete caddy guide, um, which talks about very much about what me and Pierce said earlier in the podcast. If we were to caddy for somebody, we'd help them save five shots. So a lot of different... Um, ways to get better around the golf course so really excited about that coming very soon so um yeah thanks I again think it's 10 shots now Andy. i think it's 10 shots 10 now, shots by the way. 10 shots yeah well for some people it would be definitely yeah i suppose <laughs> it would uh yeah thanks so much for listening guys um but yeah thanks, so everyone we'll uh we'll speak to you soon yeah good i think it's good i mean it's good i mean it's, it, there will be a few people who yeah be interesting there'll be there could be a few little rumblings happen as a result but ultimately anyone who would get pissed off by that it's because they're not very good <laughs> yeah and it's like well well if you feel that you're if you're threatened by what we've just said there then you should maybe yeah take a look at yourself yeah no you will ask exactly exactly do you want to stop this one because it's a long one? Yep. Stop this now and, and then, then we'll just jump back on teams. Teams, yeah. Okay. Okay.